Favorite Batch fam, welcome to a new recap for the second to last episode of Bachelor in Paradise. This week was a doozy. We had a full three hours. It honestly could have been so much shorter, though, because I don't think that much happened. Uh, Melissa, how are you doing? We missed you last week. I missed you, too. I can't believe this is the second to last episode. I'm not ready for it. As much as they're not ready to leave the beach, I'm not ready to see them leave. I know. And then we only get one off week before Michelle's season, which is so crazy. Um, I also realized that I never updated our audience of my time at Nemecolon. So I kind of just oh, wanted no. to, yeah. to tell everyone a bit about Nemecolon. I actually think I had a nightmare about it last night. It's a little creepy. Like it's beautiful and amazing. It's very East Coast vibes. I know that Nemecolon definitely came off better on camera than La Quinta did, but my personal favorite place to vacation out of the two would be La Quinta, but it was really cool. It's like basically a huge property. It's over 2000 acres. The man that owns it and created it, he had made millions in lumber and there's like a whole museum about him in the resort. And yeah, he lives on the property. He's 98 years old. I was asking everyone I could about The Bachelor filming there. And the last night I was there, finally a guy gave me some tea. He said he actually was a part of the like production and worked because most of the people said they all got like furloughed during that time because of COVID and all of that. Mm. But um, this guy said that he was working with Matt and Chris Harrison and the girls all the time. He was the manager, like bartending and doing that whole thing. Um, and yeah, he said that Rachel actually was probably one of the nicest girls there, which is just kind of crazy since during the season, we were like, she seems like such a mean girl. And I don't know, we were making all these assumptions about her, but this guy said, yeah, the one that he picked was super sweet and respectful and said, thank you. Like all the time. I feel so bad that I was like, we had this like, um, vendetta against her. He still needed to learn the lesson she needed to learn, but I don't know. I said that she could be yeah, extremely manipulative if she wanted to be. Yeah. And she probably could be. I feel like maybe she's had a big shift or a big change, or maybe she used to be when she was younger. Um, and you mm -hmm. know, I, I do think that like every rumor, especially if there's a lot of them has some kind of truth to it, like a little bit, you know? And so there were a lot of things that were being said about her, but no, I mean, this complete stranger that really had nothing to give either way said that she was very nice. He did say that the person that was the most standoffish and unfriendly was Matt James, which is really interesting. I think that he was just probably very uncomfortable um, in the overwhelms too much, too much social interaction probably for his, you know, comfort. So I don't know, maybe it was a, it was a sensory shock for him. Yeah. And I mean, Nemecolon is a beautiful place, but like, you know, I pick up on energy very strongly now. And again, especially after the past year and a half of being secluded, you know, for so long, it's kind of like you're, I I'm picking up on things and, you know, just vibes e easier. And I mean, Nemecolon is amazing and it's beautiful. And I totally understand why people are obsessed with it. It's a cool place, but for my vibe, you know, for like what I feel comfortable at in it made me feel like a little bit like, oh, this is just like kind of stuffy and like really old school, you know, and I just, I think it probably was a combination of all of those things being overwhelmed, you know, Matt, 
Matt seems like an interesting guy. He can either turn it on or he can turn it off. It's very interesting. Yeah, I just thought I'd share that tidbit with all of you. Let's start off this recap by, of course, talking about Ivan. Oh, no, Ivan. Ivan, what have you done? Um, we start where we left off last week with Aaron and Ivan, like spitting on each other's faces, looking like they're about to like punch each other or make out. You know, you just really don't know with these two. No, I'm just kidding. But Aaron gets so upset. Aaron had like a vein that was popping out of his forehead. You know, most of the people are siding with Ivan and Riley gets wrapped up in it and he starts yelling at Aaron and it was this whole thing. But Ivan, I really didn't like his attitude here. I do think that overall what Ivan did is not as bad as what people are saying, but I don't like the way he acted here. I don't like the way he lied. He was really, really arrogant and just thought since he has all these friends on the beach and he's so well loved by bachelor nation that he could get away with this and i think that you know we all have times in our lives when we think that we're riding high and we make some mistakes and our ego really gets in the way and this is definitely what happened with ivan here um and it wasn't nice what he did to chelsea because regardless of what he said he was definitely using her to stay what did you think of this whole thing it was it was hard to see another star fall from grace <laughs> he can redeem himself it's just it's just embarrassing wasn't it funny how tough he was trying to act and then riley literally says five words and aaron is like walking away slowly like shitting his pants i want riley on my side for every single fight i'm in for the rest of my life for sure he's got big energy i mean he is from long island city 15 minutes away from me you don't play over there. You just don't play. <laughs> he like commands his space. And Marissa does as well, very much so. I'm just imagining them having kids one day and one of them is bullied and like Riley and Marissa going into the principal's office and both of them <laughs> trying to hold back like and just not being able to. And oh my God, I can see it. Like Riley will start in and then Marissa will like go off like crazy like a Gemini does and the Virgo will have to pull her back and be like, baby, no, baby, we're taking it too far. <laughs> But I want to talk about like the logistics of what happened in this hotel, because there's a lot of theories. Game of Roses has theories. All these different podcasts are like, is that really how it happened? Did the producers leave the phone on purpose in front of Ivan, knowing he would probably do this? Because at this point, it was like, what did Ivan have to lose? He didn't have any connections. The, you know, he was basically just saved a day because of the storm. I mean, it was really random to me. So Alexa is a girl that was on Peter's season. They didn't show mm -hmm. her that much. Um, they didn't, but I loved her. She was the waxer. Like, yes, she was the waxer. Yeah, she was really funny. She had like great energy, but it's kind of random that they had been communicating before. I have a feeling that like the producers give them a list of who is very likely to be there. And then the people are like, okay, like this is who I'm interested in out of this list because on Nick Vial's podcast, which we'll talk about later, Kit and Brie were on and they said the reason they didn't go to Paradise mainly was because they were given the list of who was going to be there and they weren't interested in any of them. Yeah. So, but yeah, I don't know what happened. So <laughs> he sneaks out, he was rooming with Noah and Noah on the show, everyone's like, Noah, did you know about this? And he goes, no, no, I, 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 I was sleeping. I went to sleep right away. And it turns out <laughs> he had no idea. 
but he did have an idea. He made a TikTok. It was so funny, his TikTok. And then, well, the three of them, Ivan, Noah, and Alexa have all three made TikToks that kind of go from different perspectives. Did they all get on a group text, the three of them? And they're like, hey, let's let's make something out of this. I mean, they must have. It was really cute, actually. It's genius if they did. I mean, I don't know what the rules are, but yeah, they do. You're right. They do get this list. They don't know in what order things are going to come. That's the hard part. Um, it would drive me crazy if I was waiting for one particular person. They really, really can't leave the room. Like they can't go to the gym. They can't do anything. Like, did he see Alexa and then was bothering the producer? No, he saw her name on the phone and the room number, which, you know, is that really just a coincidence? Like, really? They are allowed to go to the gym and things like that if they're there for an extended amount of time, but they have to be accompanied by a producer. Oh, okay. What if Ivan's producer was the same as Alexa's producer? Because the showrunners knew that he was interested in her. Yeah. I mean, it it very well could have been. Um, And I just think that like, there are so many quote unquote rules that are continued to be broken on this show that I didn't see the big deal in it. And Ivan didn't like, like besides leading Chelsea on, which really wasn't nice. And I also think he was lying when he said he like, when he addressed the group and said, Chelsea, if you would have given me your rose, I would have said no. Like, I think that is a total lie. He totally would have taken it. PC culture really fights with me because I don't know a better like term of expression, but it's like a bitch ass move. <laughs> like it's just, you know, <laughs> that's what we would have called it growing up. What a wimp. I, what? Weenie. I'm glad he was knocked down a couple of notches. Like it's, it was unattractive to me. I think that the show has kind of turned him into someone that like he really maybe wasn't when he started. I'm glad it's given him so much confidence that maybe he didn't have before, but it's taken him a little bit too far, but he also since on his Instagram and all of that Twitter is like, I can't wait to go on a podcast to explain everything. There's so much that you don't know, but he's also being very political being like, I'm not mad. I love the bachelor. I love the show. I love the producers. I love all of my friends, but you guys don't know the whole story. So he's kind of playing both sides there. Um, I'm sure the truth is somewhere in the middle. Wells was just so freaking disappointed that I was, I just was wondering like from the production aspect, like, why did he feel it was so detrimental to everything? Wells is um, Wells is a company man. Like he is doing what he thinks, you know, needs to be done. And it was definitely a show and it was a funny moment. It was sad, but it was funny because he was like a dad and the son had done something wrong. And the dad is like, son, just, just tell me the truth at this point because it's only mm-hmm. going to get worse. Yeah, I know. It was like almost like Wells acted as if his job was also on the line because of this. It was weird. And uh, just to be a devil's advocate, though, I forget what podcast this was mentioned on. I think it was Nick's and I think Kit might have mentioned it, that there are very strict rules now, not only with COVID, you know, and making sure everyone is good to go on that front. But ever since the whole thing happened with Corinne a few years ago, consent is like of the utmost importance. So if you're going into somebody's hotel room and you guys haven't consulted with producers that you both consent to be in this hotel room to hook up, they could be facing major legal issues. So now that I think about it, like, oh, that, okay. I'm so glad you, you told me that. That makes perfect sense now. 
Yeah, it, it makes more sense now. I mean, the COVID thing is like, eh, I don't really think they try that hard. You know, they say that they quarantine for weeks and it's been proven they quarantine for like four days, you know? But I think a big part of it is the consent factor. I mean, it seems like Alexa consented and all that, and that's great, but it's still a liability. So yeah. Okay. All right. Makes yeah. sense now. All right. So then uh, we have Anna come down to the beach. Why didn't we get Lily Galvin? Like what the, what the fuck? Like I wanted Lily, not Anna. I just don't think that she was into it. And I think she's seeing someone good for her. I mean, she's way better than the show anyways. And I don't know if I'd want to go back on the show that purposefully aired all of those things. Like they could have cut it out and not made it a storyline you know, when Anna said that she was an escort and that whole thing. So she's probably smart for not going, but I just hate that Anna really hasn't like faced any kind of consequence for what she did. Like even on the women tell all, she wasn't even that sorry to Lily, remember? And Lily was like, you could have reached out to me and apologized. And this is the first time I'm hearing an apology from you. And it seems very performative. And I also didn't like how when she came in, hi, I'm Anna. I'm known for not being very nice and making really weird faces, but I promise you, I really don't make weird faces that much, only when I'm stressed out. But I'm sorry, she did not contradict the fact that she's not a very nice girl. She let that go. How, how long is she supposed to harp on it? Well, she said, I know it's a therapy and, and stuff. I know people are tired of that, of that excuse, but like, I was known for being a mean girl. That's what she said. That's what she said. She said, I'm known for not being very nice. She literally yeah. said that. And then, but she didn't I'm say- I'm still not very nice and here I am. <laughs> no, that's, that's literally what it sounded like to me. Like, that's Oh, okay, okay, yeah. that's why. I mean, listen, Anna, she's, she's very pretty. She's very cute. Her and James kind of seem like they make complete and total sense. She asks uh, James out on the date. And first of all, the editing is getting so lazy because the continuity is so off. Because right. especially with this date where they had shit all over them, like chocolate and sugar and cinnamon, you can clearly see at what point they're on in the date. So they were doing ITMs explaining what was happening. Some were with chocolate all over them. Some were totally clean and they were interfusing it in different times. I think the date happened in reverse kind of than what we saw, but whatever. Yeah. Long story short, they had to massage each other while making each other into human churros. And um, then they put snakes on them to give them a snake massage. I would have kind of been upset by this. I would have been like, no, I guess, you know, James cool. But I mean, I was actually impressed with Anna weathering through that. Cause I would have been like, nope. Yeah. Nope. Next McKenna comes down. I love McKenna. I have talked about this before. She's very sweet and I feel so bad for her. I thought that everyone except for Ed was so fucking mean to her. Um, so she comes down and I don't understand why they let her go to that party. Also, where the fuck did Alea go? Because I remember I read a spoiler that Reality Steve had said that Alea was supposed to be there, but she ended up not going, which wasn't true because she was at that party. But I think what must have happened was that she left after the party. And when they told her, you're not going down to the beach right away, she probably was like, send me home. Like, I'm not, I've already been here for weeks waiting. Like, I'm not going to continue to wait. But McKenna stayed and it's just sad. Like, poor McKenna's from Canada. You know, she's come all this way 
gone through so yeah. many tests and all, and then they put her down there the whole time. It, it was just mean. I don't understand well, what I, from what I believe, I think everyone kind of gets there around the same time. I don't think they get there much further than a week apart. They Neither. all get shoved in that hotel room. So the ones that come last are the ones that have been stuck in captivity the longest. Yeah. And that makes me really upset. And the other contestants, like they know that and they know mm-hmm. it's the producers doing it. So I don't understand why they're, I mean, I guess they're threatened, you know, they've established these relationships they're trying to protect, but yeah, she comes down, you know, smile on her face. She pulls Thomas. We did see McKenna briefly speaking to Thomas at that tight ass party. I know she got like taken out. It was like run free little. And then she gets like put back into the cage. <laughs> I know. And then she like pulls Aaron and apparently her and Aaron talked at that party as well. And Aaron is basically like, yeah, like this could be cool. Like I could be into this. So she asks him on a date and he's like, actually, no, sorry. So then she's crying on the beach and everyone is just standing up at the palapa looking down on her being like, oh, she's crying. Like that's so mean. No, I'm mad at Aaron for this. By the way, Thomas, Gets straight A's with his communication skills with Anna, making it really clear. It's just going to be him and Becca. Mm -hmm. Then he does it again with McKenna. Extremely straightforward. I'm really putting all my eggs in the the Becca basket. Wonderful. Aaron did not have that verbiage. No. It was like he wanted to actually see if he would get asked just to stroke his ego. And then he felt bad that he had to put her down It was like he wanted to kind of play with the fire a little bit, even though he knew he wasn't going to risk his progress with Chelsea, especially after what they just overcame. But I was really disappointed in the girls. Like, yeah, I'm disappointed in Aaron, but I don't expect much from Aaron. Aaron is like a little bitch. Sorry. Um, He's like a jock. He's like he's like the he's a bro. He's a bro. He's a bro. Yeah. Yeah. But like the girls that were looking down and. So I'm trying to think who was there from her season. There was Natasha, who clearly they weren't that close. Um, And then there's Marissa, who was only there the first night of Peter's season. And, you know, McKenna said at one point, like, I don't like know anybody because it sucks because if Paradise would have been a year ago, she would have been a staple in Paradise because Peter's season had just aired. But now there's so many more seasons that have aired. She hasn't been able to meet anybody because she's been stuck in Canada and the borders literally just opened. And so, you know, none of the girls went down there to comfort her and be like, listen, this is a hard situation. This is who's available. Like this is the this is what's going on. They just kind of stared at her and all pitied her without doing anything to make her feel better. And I just I don't understand why they did that. I I would never do that. If I saw someone hurting like that, even if I felt threatened, like I would never not go down there. Yeah. I mean, maybe producers told them not to, so they could send down Ed and he could save the day. Maybe. I wanted to do a poll on the Instagram. I probably still should. I want to know where people stand as is Ed a hero or stupid for messing up what he has with Natasha. I think that Natasha has said and you know oh I really thought me and Ed had something honey no you didn't like I'm sorry yeah right I just I don't believe that at all no and people are now comparing paradise I forget where I heard this but I love this analogy to like hinge or bumble you can go on 
dates with different people and you can make a connection, but then guess what? You swipe right on somebody else and they like you too. So then you go on another date and you date people until you choose which one you want. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. That's how it needs to be. I mean, this season has it completely fudged as to how the the rules are supposed to be. It's, it's a painful game, but it's a game. Nonetheless, it's a game for love and it it is what it is, but I, um, and I, it was, it was Elise who said it. She was like, it was like Bumble. Yeah. And I said, in another pot, I'm like, yeah, it's like the DMs are open right in front of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that Ed, I love Ed now. I've always, I've, I started to really like Ed. Um, and then, you know, in the interviews, Tasha's men were giving, they'd be like, who's your favorite guy? And a bunch of them said Ed. And we were all like, yeah, he's, what? A good, he's a big heart. You can tell it, I, I, he makes me emotional. I know he's just so nice he's always been like the nerd of the group I understood McKenna being like well I wasn't planning on taking this guy out but uh okay you know I'm gonna like kind of um recalibrate here and I just I mean I've had stuff like that happen to me before too where a guy doesn't like me and I'm upset and you know then the guy I least expect and never even considered comes over and comforts me and it's like I'll take you out and I'm like oh really Okay. It was literally like, it was funny that they did the eighties prom at the end because Mm -hmm. the whole episode was sort of like homage to eighties movies. Like, yeah. Like high school rom-coms, Anna head of the head of the cheerleading squad, cliche as hell, mean former mean girl gets the co-captain of the football team, James. Yeah. Then you get McKenna who gets dumped and it's like, you know, the nerd no one expected to be the most gentlemanly one of, of the group. And it was just really, really funny. And I really liked their date. Whoever did the producing for the dates this episode, I feel like had to have been different or they brought someone new onto the um, date producing team because yeah. they were fun and creative, like rollerblading around like an empty resort with like music. And then the, and that room light up really- rollerblades too. Yeah. I, I think out of all the dates, that would be the date I'd want. Yeah, it was. And then the room where they ate dinner and danced looked really good. Better than most of the dates on Tasha and Claire's and Katie's season did, honestly. Like, it looked mm-hmm. amazing. And, you know, yeah. Are they going to last long term? No. Ed is 37. But again, there's a lot of big age differences this season. So it doesn't seem yeah, to matter. Yeah, how old I mean, I, don't, I wish they would last. I think she's like 24. 24 yeah all right well look at Mari and Kenny they're they're big and I don't feel like they are worlds away from each other I think I feel and I hope that Kenny and Mari are together forever so Kenny and Mari I don't know how they're going to last if they're having this many like struggles doubting each other all of the time when they've only known each other for a few weeks they kind of remind me of Katie Morton and Chris Bukowski who were um what was it the last season of paradise I think remember they got engaged mm-hmm. yeah no I hate that you're comparing and the age difference too is so yeah. similar I know it's it's similar and they seem like they want to make it work but there's always going to be some kind of like thing in their way and um I mean I hope that they're not I do like them together but yeah all of a sudden, you know, last week they seemed like they were doing great. Now Kenny is saying that he feels like something's off and maybe Mari isn't as into it as 
he is, he's getting really, I don't know, insecure. Like, why do you think he's starting to feel this way? I don't know how many um, committed relationships he's been through, but whichever ones he's ever tried, he definitely can't seem to get over the failure. Mm-hmm. He's a Gemini. Gemini's are known for overthinking. So are Aries. It's not surprising. It really is not surprising. Aries, even though Mari seems to be, you know, both feet in, we're just as afraid of commitment as Sagittarius is or, you know, coined for. And people don't really seem to realize that. And Gemini, they just overthink. They overthink. And when they feel that there's something being hidden, they it drives them crazy. And it makes them sort of do all these different things with unconsciously to force the other person to step up and just let out whatever they're they're hiding. But what Geminis don't really realize, and actually I don't think a lot of air signs realize this, that what we're hiding is not always the biggest deal. It's a little bit of a fear of commitment. Okay, you have that too. So why are you so focused on what I'm, me not expressing my fear of commitment when you're not expressing yours? It just doesn't make sense. Like, why are you trying to blow it out of me? And you're not, it's not coming out of you. But I think that all, you know, it's all in the communication that they also are processing whatever emotions haven't yet to like unlock within them. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of why they do that whole like restless crap. Yeah. Well, let's talk about this next part with them with the Bruja. Um, Again, this is another spiritual thing that they seem to be mocking. Why? I don't know why they keep on bringing these spiritualists onto the show if they're not like into it you know the music was actually different because of what thomas was saying i bet they they edited it different because they always put the stupid hunky-dory music that you're right sam it is mocking but this time i actually think they like heard thomas and were like oh this is probably what other people are gonna think so let's change the tone and put more serious music right Mm -hmm. i agree i adore thomas like what what has happened what what is this i mean oh my god but he was great in his commentary explaining like how special this was and how it's, you know, uh, from indigenous cultures, which he has in his blood, as do you, Melissa. So, yeah, I know that you posted on our Instagram and Thomas messaged us back a little bit. Like, what were your thoughts on it? I was just so proud of him for nipping in the bud anybody that might be a bystander. Like, oh, what are they doing now? What are they rubbing? Like, I, it, people would have made silly commentary to what they were seeing going on, but because of what Thomas said first, it really allowed, it commanded the respects that it needed to for that moment. Cause yes, I get it. The, the wax figurines rubbing on each other. It seems weird, but it's something to be respected. I'm glad that he appreciates it. He says he appreciates every culture and its history I completely agree. And I mean, like what a mush pie. I feel so bad that we've ever said or thought anything wrong of Thomas because every ITM also has been such a endearing one. Yeah. Endearing eyes while he speaks. It's like he means everything he says. I don't know what it is. Well, and he barely, we barely have gotten to see any of his and Becca's relationship, which is just so bizarre to me, especially considering like she's their golden child and is the host of a bachelor podcast. Like, I don't get why they're not, um, you know, really telling their love story because he's do he does the cutest things for her. And I just really, the, the tower of nuggies. 
so much, so much stuff. And they post, <laughs> and I love that they're posting on their Instagram and they're very clearly still together, um, you know, about each other constantly and how much they care about each other. I have a question about that. Why are they allowed to post stuff from the show when no one else is really allowed to post until everything, the finale comes out? It's a good question. I, I don't know. Um, I have no clue, but maybe it is something to do with Becca. I would assume that's why, but, um, and maybe yeah. this is their way of being like, okay, we didn't put you guys on the show that much. We'll allow you to like show your love story that we aren't showing on Instagram. Maybe it's repurposing. Yes. Yeah. Things that they weren't able to show, which mm-hmm. is smart. I think that's smart. But you do get to see little tiny B-roll of him like bringing her food and her smiling. Like, he yeah. honestly just brings her food and he knows the way to her. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, another couple that's doing really well, I just want to briefly touch on is uh, Joe and Serena. And they they like know they're going to get engaged, it seems like. And But she's the practical one. She's like, listen, like we have to talk about how this will work. I live in a different country. And he's like, yeah, you know, we'll have to go back and forth for a little bit and then we'll figure it out. And she's like, okay, cool. It's like, that's really not figuring it out. Um, I mean, we did see that she visited him this summer in Chicago, but I think since they got caught so early, the producers were like, all right, stop it until the show's over. That sucks. I hope that doesn't put a strain on their relationship. I I can't wait to see who's really still together right now or not. Me too, because we really don't know. And it's bothering me so much. And if, if maybe watching the show is going to rekindle relationships that kind of severed, that would Mm -hmm. be also interesting. That happens a lot. And I, sometimes those are the best relationships, you know? Oh, that's cute. And then we have Abigail and Noah and Noah, this is before the prom. Noah tells her that he's falling in love with her and she kind of just looks at him blankly and smiles. And then he gets this look of just like, I'm pissed now. I went from loving Mm -hmm. you, falling in love with you to like wanting to never talk to you again, Abigail. Like, how dare you not respond? And it's, I don't know. No water sign too much to handle how, how typical this is. Yeah. He's just like, you don't return my love, then it's over. And again, this is like a very short amount of time. It's, it's weird, you know, in a normal situation in real life, everything on this beach is love bombing and love bombing is a manipulation tactic. Many, mostly men use to like keep a woman. It like happens to so many girls I know. And I'm like, ladies, do you know what love bombing is? Do you understand? And they're like, well, I don't know. And then a few weeks later, they'll be like, I think it was love bombing. I'm like, yeah, I guess so. I mean, he's, he's been so happy. He's doing everything he's can. He's wearing his heart on his sleeve. She's not giving anything. So that makes you more afraid to give. And then she, here she is talking to Wells being like, why isn't he giving me enough? And Wells is like, because you haven't shown him anything. And then he shows it to her and she retracts. It's just very confusing because when you retract, it's like, are you not convinced that I'm the person for you? Are you hiding how you feel about me? Her shutdown is confusing to me because either there's only two reasons, right? She doesn't know how to feel this emotion or sit with it. She's not comfortable with it. She can't reciprocate it. So Therefore, she's shutting down or she doesn't 
feel that way about him. And she's lying to herself. She's in denial. And she sat down. But she spoke to Wells and lit up like a Christmas tree when Wells said that he says he really likes you. And then she looked like she wanted to cry when Wells was like, you just have to be able to express it. And once you tell him a little bit more about how you feel, you guys will be in a better place. She, she was like cringing. Like it would hurt her to know that she had to give something. I don't know if it hurt her. We'll get into finishing their storyline in a few minutes, but I think that she just, you know, there's different plants and different flowers that need different things to grow. Some need more sunlight. Some need more water. Some need less water. Like each person, do you know what I mean? Is different with their love language and what they need. And, you know, sometimes that can make a good relationship if you can understand the other person and not like hold it against them. Like, I know that you're like this and you know that I'm like this. And we kind of just have to like swerve and meet in the middle and create this like beautiful, like painting where we're both different, but we're both understanding and respecting each other and not being offended by it. But then when you're too different and your love languages are too different and your timing on things is too different. Timing is a big thing. Extremely big thing. Yeah. And Scorpios get scolded. Like they, they get hurt and then they get angry, you know? They act like the beast from Beauty and the Beast. What was it that Belle didn't want to do or she didn't (laughs) seem happy with? And he got like, he freaked out and like locked her up. Like that's how a Scorpio (laughs) acts. Oh my God. Actually, I love that. That's a great comparison. It's a Scorpio toxic trait. He's, you know. And yeah, I mean, I think Noah really starts to get in his own way, but we'll get into it in a couple minutes. But then we have this pre-prom where people are being asked to prom. I love a good soundtrack. I like that they're using more music this season than I think they ever have before. I noticed it a couple of weeks ago, there was some kind of original song that I've never heard before that was, but uh, someone was singing it. Um, during a moment they have songs now kind of interjected because it's difficult because you have to get the rights to a song and it's money and it's this whole thing I think about it all the time I'm like how much does CBS spend on rights to this music because CBS and Love Island you always hear like the top 40s or all the biggest like Spotify new music Friday hits so there's like Warner Brothers music you know so they Uh... have to own they have to be able to maybe use some of that Warner Brothers music. Anyways, I just, I loved the theme of this episode. I'm an 80s baby. I'm 87. I mean, I don't remember the 80s, but like I'm an late 80s baby. We were both made in the 80s. We were both made in the 80s. And it's funny because my mom's like, these kids don't even know what they're talking about. And I'm like, it was like when I was younger, like Halloween, you know, and I'd be like, I'm going to be a hippie. Like I'm going to be from the seventies. I'm going to wear bell bottoms. And it's like, we never experienced the seventies, but don't you remember our generation kind of like fantasized the seventies all the time? Yeah. So I think that's what this eighties thing is now. It's so weird that like, we're seeing that kind of digress because I would say the majority of the people don't really know these songs. They don't, you know, know the style. It's like very like Halloweeny kind of, but I loved it. Everyone yeah. seemed to have so much fun. And it made me laugh when Joe did the promposal and then he goes, it's like the end of high school. And I'm like, Joe, how old are you? Like, you're literally <laughs> one of the oldest people on this beach and you're doing a promposal and you keep on referencing high school. And I also couldn't stop thinking of the fact that he's like, it's almost the end of the summer. And I'm like, actually, I think it's probably the beginning of June. <laughs> when you guys they are filming. don't have any track of time but <laughs> it is like high school all of batch nation is like high school 
Paradise is the most like high school because there's actually an even number of guys and gals. Whereas, I mean, if you're on The Bachelor, it's like, yeah, it's like high school. If you went to an all-girls school or if you're a bachelorette, if you went to an all-boys school. Did you notice, because I didn't even really pick up on this until the second time that I watched, Natasha just giving up. She's sick. <laughs> I'm sick. She was- yeah refused to go to the prom she was covered in a blanket they just showed her for a minute and Tia was like why does Natasha get to be sick I don't want to go to this either that is awful they should have been each other's dates Natasha's like no and so then let's get into prom though with Tia so something I noticed the little things that's what I'm really loving about Thomas is he is a shower like he shows and he makes you know, gestures to show that he cares about Becca. Like he is slow dancing with Becca and Tia together. Like, you know, Becca's like, this is my best friend. She doesn't have a date. And he's like, great, we're doing this together. Like she's my date too. And he was like always including her. And I've noticed that throughout the entire season, ever since they came on is that he always wants to make Tia feel comfortable. The thing is I've been the Tia in so many of my friends' relationships, like yeah, so many the times. Third wheel, and it, it, it is really important, like how a guy treats like your yeah. friend. It's so important. And I just, just wanted to make sure I mentioned that just because I made me feel really good. And then Aaron all of a sudden comes out of left field. Tia is standing with Chelsea and Aaron chooses this time to go pull her aside And Tia is kind of, I mean, I think she's probably definitely drunk, but I think she's also that point where she's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm wearing this ridiculous dress. I don't even know where I am anymore. I don't know what day it is. I don't know what time it is. I don't even remember my own name. Like whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And he pulls her aside and he's like, you know, paradise is coming to a close. I don't want to regret anything. And then he gives her a corsage. It was sweet, I guess. Um, And then all of a sudden they start making out like crazy teenagers with her and Aaron yes you didn't see that no oh my god they literally started eating each other's faces oh my god so yeah they started making out very aggressively and Tia literally she has really dirty feet which I found hilarious um and she like puts her legs on her feet on his legs and then like kind of like very ungracefully like wraps her leg around his leg and they're grabbing each other's heads and faces like I mean this is this is the kind of kiss that is like you've been locked up in a dungeon and haven't kissed anybody for years and then all of a sudden the first human comes out and you just like jump them and then in an ITM Tia said that she has kissed Aaron more in five minutes than she has with anybody on the beach this entire time I think it was just (laughs) like it was just one of those things like prom is weird like I remember when I went to prom the guy really liked me and I was just getting very annoyed by him. And I, we had agreed to go to prom with each other a while ago when we liked each other. And then I kind of wasn't into it and I didn't feel well that night. I got whiplash at after prom because I went in one of those sumo wrestler suits, you know, um, have you ever, and when my friend like threw me into the audience and I had whiplash. So I was just like, not you got whiplash (laughs) in a sumo wrestling suit on your prom night. And you said that like, that was yeah. normal. Yeah, I did. Uh, um, and then we had oh. after, after, after prom, which was at one of my friend's house where we all slept over and my date hit it off with one of my friends. And I literally was just like, 
have a good time, Jonathan. Like, I, I really don't care. I was like, first of all, I'm in so much pain. Second of all, like, I feel guilty that like, I don't like you anymore. So please like Kristen, like go ahead, like go for it, honey. And so it was like, we all woke up the next morning. I was icing my like whole body. My prom date was in someone else's bed. And it was just like, well, that happened. Okay. I guess we're going to college now. Like it was, it was really funny, but that kind of, it just like reminded me of this Aaron and Tia situation, like whatever, fuck it. It's prom. So then of course we have paradise superlatives. Kenny is the biggest flirt. Surprise, surprise. The best kisser slash toe kisser was Marissa. I just, why do we have to keep on bringing it up? Please no more. (laughs) And most likely to live happily ever after Abigail and Noah And then of course the king and queen are Joe and Serena, but these producers, they literally orchestrated this entire thing with Abigail and Noah. I think the producers arranged for them to get that superlative just so they could literally crumble in front of everybody's eyes to make the drama even bigger. So then, yeah, let's get back to Abigail and Noah. And she said in an ITM at prom that she didn't really register Noah telling her that he was falling in love with her until later. Which again, it's just like communication styles, pacing, timing. I get why someone would feelings would be hurt if you told them I'm falling in love with you and they didn't say it back. But would you rather them not say it back or lie to you? Like it hurts in the moment if they don't say it back, but also would you rather them say I'm falling in love with you too and then be like, actually, I was just lying and I was uncomfortable because you said it. Like I'd rather hurt in the moment than hurt later and be led on, you know? Yeah, absolutely. She's planning the whole night, just completely oblivious to the fact that he's already planning how to dump her because he set a certain amount of time after he told her that. And he said, you could have convinced me last night. And it's like, dude, if you're really falling in love with someone, you shouldn't be putting a timestamp on something being like, okay, if you don't tell me you're falling in love with me too, by midnight, if this whole thing is over, like I get what you're saying, but the whole time that you're falling in love, you're always looking for an escape at the same time because it's so scary and it's so such a vulnerable feeling. You're not like, okay, cool. Like, let's go. Like, I'm about to make a deal. Let's, yeah, or I'm going to hit some bumps, but I'm going to cash a check. It's not like you're working. It's love. And you know that people so often are in love with the idea of love. So sometimes in your mind, you're like, are they in love with the idea of this love or are they in love with me? And when things don't, match. Sometimes you have to be like, all right, I unfortunately have to be the realistic one and say like, there's something that is missing. Like I can tell I'm missing something for you and that you might be missing something for me. So let's just, you know, let's be realistic here. The last thing you want is for someone to be with you just because you like them so much. Right. But I think that with Noah, it was this like sense of rejection that and he you know as a Scorpio sometimes Scorpios are so like I love you or I hate you you know yeah like yeah you're my soulmate or you're my enemy and it and it it can change very quickly I found you know because yeah Scorpios like deep down like they do really want to be loved they have this like sensitivity but the way they react towards it and the way they can kind of just like flip a switch and be like nope just kidding not anymore and you know I, I think that Noah I'm really interested to hear what he has to say after this whole season is over. Unfortunately, I don't think there's going to be a reunion show, which is really unfortunate. But at the end of the day, I think that 
ABC and Warner Brothers and the Bachelor producers are becoming more aware of the fact that people can make their own statements, have their own segments on their Instagrams. I'm sure that they're going to do an Instagram live together, that they're going to have an IGTV, you know, explaining everything because I'll get it into it in news and gossip. But they were together last weekend at the governor's ball in New York. Yeah. Um, and she even was wearing something of his in one of her photos. So it's not like they just were there in passing. Like she was wearing a piece of his clothing, the sleuths found yeah. out. I, I, I do have a big feeling in my heart, like the timing's not right for them, but they're going to Milk restart. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe they could do better in the real world. And, you know, we've said this before, like there's a reason Abigail wasn't chosen to be the bachelorette. Like she just doesn't emote that well on camera. Like she's kind of boring. You know, she's sweet, but there's not anything that really pops or like is dramatic. And maybe she's just really better in real life. I mean, honestly, it's probably because she's just more of a normal human being, which most of us would be like that, like normal, good people going on the show there. We probably would make bad TV. So that's mm. where I think it is going on with them. But then he kept on saying to her, I just don't think you're my person. I just don't think you're my person. First of all, I love Abigail in blue. I just want to say she reminds me of Snow White. She, mm -hmm. I just thought she looked really pretty, but she put on a brave face. She was angry. She was pissed. And, you know, when you are telling someone bad news like that and they're just staring at you like blank face, like that's when you know shit's bad, that she is yeah. really upset. Of course, she feels blindsided and lied to because, yeah, how can you go from saying something that strong to someone the night before that I'm falling in love with you to just changing it like 24 hours really shouldn't matter that much. But again, this is like a condensed time. 24 hours there probably is like, you know, five days. Who knows? But she takes off her corsage and then she finally says, can you please stop telling me that you don't think I'm your person? Because it literally hurts more and more every time you say that I get I get it. I understand. And then, you know, I felt bad for him. It was just like kind of a big mishmash of miscommunication. And I think Noah jumping the gun. Do you think that he let like kind of his ego and his emotions get the best of him? And maybe he should have waited, like heard her out more and given it more time. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a Scorpio. They want to sting you before they get stung. You that's exactly. Yep. He's like, if I am as harsh as I can be and you agree with me, then I got what I expected out of the way. And that's why he keeps saying like, I don't think you're my person. Cause she's waiting for her to be like, I don't think you are too. And then he's like, all right, damn. Now I can slam the book. We're good. Mm -hmm. But he's like, not going to say it back. And she was actually going to tell him that she loved him too, which is just awful. Their timing is just so off. It's awful. Timing is everything. I, I even think like when I watch married at first sight, right. The couples that always have an issue are the ones that don't have sex on the honeymoon. Mm -hmm. They're always the ones. Like sometimes things that you wait a little too long for, it just like festers and makes you more insecure to do with something that's so simple to do if you just did it in like when you're both at an equal vulnerable state. Yeah. And it was really sad. You know, she goes to the bathroom and he walks after her. And then he's like literally waiting outside of the bathroom door as she's sobbing. You know, we'll see next week. Like, I love a good girl's moment when everyone's like, alert, alert. We have one down in the bathroom on the floor <laughs> crying with her shoes off. Go help her to the rescue. So I think that next week at the beginning of the episode, that is what is going to happen. Um, but yeah, their their relationship is definitely very interesting. And 
Um, there are some things about Abigail I have some questions about, which I'm going to get into in news and gossip. I don't know if you know about this, Melissa, so I, I might surprise you. Scenes for next week, lots of tears, of course. Then we see Thomas crying and Becca telling him that he's too good to be true. And they, you know, it looks like they have this breakup, but then she might chase after him. We like Thomas because of what we've seen from him and small things that we've picked up. We've DM'd with him. We're really enjoying him, but for the most part, how is this breakup really going to be impactful to the audience when we've barely seen them? This And it's just so interesting because when filming was wrapping of this, I don't know the exact date, but like Thomas was the biggest villain in Bachelor franchise at this point. Right. And I think that also it's important to remember Becca was recording Bachelor Happy Hour while she was there. They let her do that. Oh, right. So she probably did an interview and it got into her head about him. Yeah. I feel like that has to be what happened because at this point, you know, people like James, all of them, everyone in Katie's season, they were like, who are you? Like, okay. Like, we don't know anything about you really yet. And that's how Thomas came in for, with the exception of what Aaron and everyone said about him. But yeah, I mean, it looks really sad, but Again, I need to see a reunion. I want to see them happy together. I really want to see what happened and what progressed, but hopefully they will, you know, tell us and tell us on Bachelor Happy Hour maybe and just have some exclusives, you know, because it's a real shame even they didn't do the after the final rose for Tasha and Zach. Like with any couple, they are like one of the most successful, best couples in Bachelor Nation. We didn't even get a follow-up with them. Like it sucks. And so I feel like they're doing that again and it's frustrating and they're really like just propelling into Michelle's season, which I'm so excited about. Um, but I, I want to wrap up these stories and I feel like we might be left disappointed. And then we see Marissa crying and Riley saying he isn't sure if he wants to continue this. That's probably just in the wrong order. And I doubt mm -hmm. that I, oh, I could, that would be so awful if he no, did that. Riley would never take someone this far and dump them at the end. Like he would literally never do that. So he's hashtag honorable man, hashtag honorable man. And then dun, 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 Kendall comes back to the beach to the proposal scene as Joe is about to propose to Serena. I am so mortified for her. Um, maybe she's giving her blessing. I highly doubt it. Has she been stuck there this whole time? I feel like they could have kept her around on purpose so they could bring her back for the proposal. They're like, don't go home yet. That's an awful idea, even for the producers. Yeah. Even if she requested on her own. Like, this is your last chance, Kendall, or else you'd lose him forever. No, they even if it was all her idea, which it could be, I'd be like, no, honey, just, just go home. It's okay. Yeah. I um, like her a lot. And I don't even, that's why it hurts me more because I don't want to see her do that to herself. I want Kendall to find like, the most amazing person. I really thought that her and Connor the cat could have had something, but they weren't on the beach at the same time. And I really wish we could have maybe seen them gone, go on a date for at the very least, they could have been really good friends because she also plays the ukulele. And oh, that's cool. I they, didn't know that. Yeah, they could have waited and made some weird music together about animals. Like what a missed opportunity to not have them there at the same time. So stupid. There's so many missed opportunities. <laughs> Let's get into some Bachelor Nation news and gossip. Kit, as I said, um, as well as Brie, was on Nick's podcast, and they started talking about Piper and the whole situation and how Nick knows that the girls are close with Piper and that this is kind of an uncomfortable thing with them. And Kit said it's even more uncomfortable for her because she did know Natasha before the show, 
And the way that she knew Natasha was because Natasha dated one of her parents' good friends in the Hamptons a few years ago. So Kit was literally like a teenager when she met Natasha. And because, you know, do you remember when they first got on the beach, Natasha was kind of interested in Kenny and Kenny was like, am I too old for you? And she's like, oh, I've dated guys in their fifties before. Yeah. Um, So that's, that's what she was talking about. Which is like, I don't have anything against that. Like I've had friends date much older men all the time. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a very interesting experience. I mean, hell, I would date George Clooney in a heartbeat. Yeah. If we were both still single. Sorry, George. I'm taken. <laughs> Some sad news is that Claire and Dale have officially broken up again. And because uh, everyone noticed because it was his birthday the other day and she wasn't with him. No one said anything. There was a wedding that um, she did not accompany him to. I truly think that the problem is cheating. Like where there's smoke, there's fire. There's been rumors of him cheating for a long time that he's debunked and he's sworn that he's debunked. But on Dumois, there was a very interesting post that came out, I want to say yesterday or the day before, there was two. This is the first one. Subject is spilling some bachelor tea. A bachelor favorite hooked up with a bachelor nation recent winner, in quotations, who, asterisk, may or may not have been on a break earlier this year. One of them is on Paradise right now, but producers won't mess up her good girl edit. So pretty sure the winner is Dale, is what it sounds like, especially because earlier this year, him and Claire did take some kind of a break. So who is on the beach right now with a good girl edit that this could be? And more specifically, who lives in New York? So there was a follow-up post on Dumois after that. Someone wrote in and said, Anon, but this is true. One of my girlfriends is really good friends with one of the girls from Matt's season. And it's been on the low for a while now. But now that they are breaking up for good, it will be more known. So who's still on the beach and who is from Matt's season and who has a good girl edit? To me, it's Abigail or Serena P. There's also Chelsea possibly, but I, I honestly think it sounds like Abigail. Ah, Chelsea makes sense because she's a model. Yeah. I'm dying to know. But like to me, Chelsea doesn't have a good girl edit. She just doesn't really have much of an edit at all. Like there's not a good, I wouldn't consider Chelsea a quote unquote good girl. Do you know what I mean? I think that they show the best that they can show for Chelsea. (laughs) There's a thing about Chelsea and I'll get into it for what's your sign, but like as they always try to show the best of Chelsea, but then you can see in like little tiny moments, like the way she will like give like a side eye to somebody. Mm-hmm. And like, you can tell that like she talked so much shit about someone that all she could, even by giving a look, her and the other person know exactly what they're saying to each other because do you understand yeah. what I mean? There was a moment at prom that I thought was hilarious. She had the biggest resting bitch face. I mean, given she was unhappy, understandably so. And she was looking at all the other couples like with these like evil eyes. And then someone made eye contact with her and she goes, she just smiles really big. And like, yep. it was like, I was like, oh, that was weird. She literally just turned it on and she looked so pissed the second before. So maybe it is Chelsea. Some people were like, oh, it's Becca. I'm like, it is not Becca Kufrin. That is the dumbest. Like that's not Matt season. No. Well, it's not aside from the Matt season part, just the first post alone. 
you know, they were like, oh, a former winner. I'm like, first of all, she's a lead. She's not considered a winner anymore. She had her own season after that. And Becca isn't dumb. She would never do that to Claire. Never. Just, uh, just alone because of the public scrutiny that would happen. She would never do that. She's not stupid. Yeah, she, no, she wouldn't. Serena is likely because she is in New York a lot. Mm-hmm. But so is Abigail. We'll see. Um, I really hope we have some updates for you on that soon because I just can't stop thinking about it. Lastly, we have a new host for The Bachelor, which is Jesse Palmer. He was The Bachelor in 2004. I think I didn't watch that season, but he has this really infamous scene of his season. Um, I posted it on our stories yesterday, but it's the first rose ceremony, first or second rose ceremony. And he calls out and it's the last rose of the night. So it's dramatic. And he calls out this girl's name and she comes up and she's like, oh, finally, you got me scared there. She goes back to stand and then his face goes completely white. And he's like, Chris, Chris, I, I need to talk to you. And he goes outside with Chris and he goes, we have a big problem here. I didn't mean to give it to her. I said the wrong name. (laughs) (laughs) And so then they have to go back in and Chris Harrison's like, ladies, we're dealing with something that we've never dealt with before. Um, Oh my gosh. Jesse made an honest mistake. And he's like, ladies, I'm embarrassed to tell you this. I'm mortified. But um, I didn't mean to say whatever her name was. He goes, I meant blah, blah, blah. But I do want to say to whatever the girl's name was, who he gave the bros to, I am still welcoming you to stay if you want to. And she goes, eh, yeah, I mean, why not? And then <laughs> he gives it to the other girl who he meant to give it to. It was just really funny, but he's been a host within ABC for a while now. He just hosted that Ultimate Surfer TV show, which I'm pretty sure was some kind of test to see. Uh... And then he's been a host on the Food Network for a long time. Um, he's a good host and he actually has really good values. He was very vocal during... Black Lives Matter last year. Um, He's Canadian actually as well. So I do love a Canadian. The only reason I'm disappointed is because I'm just, I'm, I'm disappointed about Clayton being the bachelor. I'm disappointed with the women that we've seen so far. It's going back to young beauty Queens and I don't like the beauty Queens. It just seems like there's a lot less diversity. They're going back to basics for Clayton season. And yeah, the host weird. Why? Like, it's like, we've done our homework now back to our old ways. Yeah. And I think Michelle's season is literally the most diverse season that has ever ever been on the show from what I can tell. And so we're going to make so many huge strides in the right direction over the next few months. And then literally for the bachelor, just forgetting everything and then taking it back. It doesn't excite me. It frustrates me. And, you know, they did say that Jesse's the host for the bachelor. We don't know if it's a permanent thing, if he's going to be doing bachelor, bachelorette, VIP, and then reevaluate. But I will say they announced him during Mercury retrograde. So there's something in my gut that's telling me that this isn't going to stick for some reason. Speaking of Mercury retrograde, uh, let's get into what's your sign, Melissa. Well, I was not anticipating um, Aaron making out with Tia when I wrote this, but (laughs) (laughs) I decided to focus on Aaron and Chelsea, two Virgos, different moon signs. And their moon signs are interesting together if they were still a couple. <laughs> so can you just re- refresh? Because, you know, I have so much going on. I have like a family member in the hospital. 
and stuff. Did Chelsea give it to Aaron or are we looking forward to that next episode or? Um, no, not yet, but she's angry and she claims that she really had strong feelings for him. I'll, I'll still explain it because I want our audience to, st- you know, if there's any Leo moons or Aquarius moons to still, they'll still have something to take away from this. Aaron and Chelsea are both Virgo sons. Chelsea has the Leo moon and Aaron has the Aquarius moon. Leo and Aquarius are known as sister signs, which means that they're directly across from each other on the wheel of the Zodiac, meaning that there's common um, energies and they each possess each other's energies when they're either unbalanced or perfectly balanced. When you're looking at sister signs, there's like a Venn diagram that you have to imagine in your brain in a sense. So the fiery Leo moon is the one that warms all who comes near. The airy Aquarius moon is like a tornado that picks up and overturns everything in its path. Together, they are forced to be reckoned with. They're not a aggressive couple, but they love to feed off each other. And they simply don't care what haters think. Aquarius moon loves the fact that a Leo moon gets outrageous and steps out of bounds when they want attention. It's like they love it. They grab the popcorn. It's like, do you, do you? This is fascinating for me. The Leo moon loves that the Aquarius moon has no problem ruffling feathers. Mm-hmm. Everyone looks at a couple that shares these moon qualities. They're usually the center of attention together. And they both have the latest styles, the bold looks, and they're the, re- they're the relationship that will always know the coolest places to go, the hot spots, um, maybe make the best Instagram content together. Mm-hmm. They bolden each other and introduce each other to cool and interesting things and people. The Aquarius moon knows what's cool before it's cool, and the Leo moon has the confidence to always go there. Together, they're trendsetters, a celebrity couple in their own sphere of the world, which works splendidly in, you know, the Bachelor Nation turf. Mm -hmm. If you want to feel like big shots together and you have this platform where you could, you know, imagine yourselves making the perfect ads or the perfect contents or getting like sponsored trips and traveling together, they're both going to enjoy the fruit. It doesn't always have to be like a relationship that's in love, but a relationship that- A mutually beneficial relationship. Yeah, perfectly said. Sorry. Everyone wants to be around them. And they're like, the they like to act like the cool kids. That's the energy that they infuse within each other. Yeah. So it's funny that they had this 80s prom thing going on because an Aquarius moon and Leo moon just love an entourage. And it's almost like they're not a couple, but the center of their own little solar system that they create. It doesn't matter if it's at a... PTA event, <laughs> mm-hmm. something really, really local or something, you know, on a bigger scale. Yeah. As in the celebrity eye. It's interesting because Aaron always had the big jock from high school energy and Chelsea kind of had like the lead chick from the pink ladies energy from both their seasons. They both created this like, look at my click dynamic and Aaron liked being the it guy. And Chelsea was definitely like the it girl being, you know, a model. She knows people. She has the best style, literally the best style. I fawn over everything she wears. 
Yeah. Um, and Bachelor Nation really can be like a high school, like we've mentioned earlier, especially if you make it that way, make it that way. And Chelsea was part of the varsity girls, quote unquote, if you don't remember that tagline from Matt's yeah. season and her good friends on the show stated the new girls were the JV. And I feel like Chelsea and Aaron were both happy about the deja vu high school atmosphere rather than seeing a new outlook on the experience like some other cast members did. And they thrived off the energy and the attention that they got at whatever moment. I mean, Aaron had a face off. Chelsea's like, oh my God, two guys are fighting over me. (laughs) I I will say like Chelsea and Aaron's um, Venus, not known to be compatible. Again, it depends on the whole chart, but Aaron has a Scorpio Venus, which is very like possessive. They yeah. look at their love interest more like property at times. They, I mean, they, they, they can, especially when it's a Virgo son. So like, you are mine. You are my little girlfriend <laughs> beside me. And a Venus and Virgo, they can go very different ways. They can either let too much slide because they're like, I chose you. Therefore, it doesn't matter if you're a murderer, you're mine. Yeah. <laughs> I chose because I because you're my chosen one. Or they can go as, you know, never getting married because they're so picky. <laughs> Lastly, let's get into throw it batch. This is the segment where we give a really fun and interesting cocktail or drink to three of the contestants on the shows that had a very interesting storylines this episode. So first, Ivan. I am giving him the dark and stormy cocktail because not only did his big faux pas happen during a storm, but the rest of his time on Paradise is just dark, stormy, and it's a big mess. So. That has dark rum, ginger beer, and lime juice. That honestly sounds so gross. Um, Goodbye, Ivan. I hope you're okay and you have learned from this. Go make yourself a dark and stormy. I would give Ivan a spiked Shirley Temple. Dirty Shirley. (laughs) Next, McKenna. I'm giving her the Canadian cocktail. I mean, for the obvious, of course, but I also just want everyone to remember that she came long and far from Canada. She did so much to get here to this beach and she is being treated like crap, with the exception of Ed, who I appreciate you, Ed. So the Canadian cocktail, it's just Canadian whiskey, orange liqueur, lemon juice, simple syrup, and one dash of bitters. I think that sounds really yummy, like sitting in front of a fireplace in the mountains of Canada. I don't know if I can top that one. I'm going to agree with you on that one. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Lastly, Ed, sweet Ed. He took that Canadian girl who was in tears and he brought her the American dream. That is the cocktail I'm giving him. Gin, dry vermouth, orange bitters, yellow chartreuse, an orange twist and ice cubes. He really showed up with those big biceps, those what did, uh, what did Aaron t- uh, say about his legs? They looked like Christmas hams. He, <laughs> he just brought it all. He is all American, just tied up into a bow. We love you for that, Ed. I give Ed the perfect gentleman cocktail, even though he, you know, Natasha. I just thought it was still so sweet, even though he left Natasha. I mean, I, I doubt he would have done it if he felt like him and Natasha were really going to make it all the way you know yeah but i this perfect gentleman cocktail has 
two ounces of bourbon, half an ounce of sweet vermouth, half an ounce of cucumber rose infused dry vermouth, wherever you can find that, a dash of orange bitters with an orange twist to garnish. And it really does look very gingerly if you look at the pictures. <laughs> Well, thank you all so much for joining us for this week of Throw It Batch. We hope that you have enjoyed the episode. We only have one week left of Paradise, which will be three hours next Tuesday. And then we have one week off until Michelle's season. But until then, please rate, review, subscribe. We're seeing we have a lot of new listeners lately. Welcome. We're so happy to have you. If you guys are enjoying what we're putting out, please leave a review and let us know your thoughts. And if there's something that you want us to work on, then just slide into our DMs and we will do basically anything you want because we love interacting with the fans of the show, the fans of our podcast. We respond to basically every single DM. So yeah, just slip into our DMs. But if you have something great to say, then please leave us a review because it really helps us. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at throwitbatchpod for all of the astrology and bachelor content and we'll see you next week. Bye! Bye!